Hey you, I'm excited you're here. Welcome to Triumph After Trauma. I'm Caitlin, aka Katie. Designer, business owner, go-getter, and most important, human just like you. I created this podcast to provide tools and support to those of you struggling to cope with a mental illness or work through a traumatic experience. Weekly, I'll share a personal story of mine, how it affected me, resources that helped me out of that dark place, and I'll end each episode with an empowering reminder. What I want for you to know is if I can make it through really tough shit and still find ways to thrive, so can you. Let's get this started. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Triumph After Trauma. I am super happy to have you here, and I am excited to be here with you again. A couple episodes ago, we had a discussion about what anxiety exactly is, what it looks like for me, and not only ways that we can help ourselves, but we can help loved ones when they're struggling. Today I would like to talk about depression. We're going to do a deep dive on what a few forms of it exactly are, how they can show up in us, as in signs and symptoms that tell us we're going through some shit and need help, which is completely okay, it's part of being human. I'm going to share an experience I have had with depression. One of my first really severe experiences with it. And then I'm going to, of course, share tips and tricks that we can use on ourselves when we're in a rough spot and ways we can help those we love. It's going to be a good one, so I hope you are cozied up and ready to listen in. If you are doing some sort of errand or chore, I hope you're tuned in. And if you're somewhere where there's sound around you, I hope you've got your headphones in so that we are one on one. Let's get to it. To start with an overview, friends, clinical depression, according to Kim H. I will share the link in the show notes. It is a complex mood disorder caused by various factors, some which include stress, brain chemistry, personality, and genetic predispositions. Some of these signs and symptoms, especially in present days, are loss of interest in work, friends, people, hobbies, sex, withdrawal from all of those things as well, irritability, fatigue, trouble concentrating, loss of touch with reality, changes in appetite and weight, sleep problems. Really the list could go on, but these are very common ones. It is mentioned in this post that there are unique ways depression can show up in humans. They are listed as seasonal affective disorder or depression, postpartum depression, depression with psychosis, and dysemia, which I have. If you don't know what dysemia is, it is a persistent depressive disorder. That's another way we explain dysemia. It's a chronically low mood 
disorder with moderate symptoms of depression. I have also had it explained to me simply as a mild form of depression that is long-lasting, but mild symptoms. Not fun is what it is. It is mentioned here that postpartum depression affects women, but I've actually heard of men being diagnosed with it, so it is actually just generally something that happens to parents. Also, if you are dealing with depression severely enough that you have lost touch with reality, or you think your health and safety is at risk, please reach out and get help. If you do not know where to start, or what kind of help is available to you, given geographically where you are, slide into my DMs and I will do my best to be there for you and help you find the right resources. Anxiety shows up in many different forms and we experience it in a multitude of ways, but it's a common thing that people are diagnosed with and go through life with. It's important to me to be one of the people that talk about it openly because I feel there is still far too much of a stigma around it. My goal for this episode, friends, is to really share with you tangible tips and share resources that are accessible, which will not just help us help ourselves, but will be tools for us to help ones we love who are struggling. Quickly though, in case there's anyone listening in who is like, I'm not sure if what I'm feeling, what I've been experiencing is depression. I first of all would you like you to see someone and get properly diagnosed so that you can get the right help from there. But if you think this is going to help you determine whether you should be getting diagnosed, this is what my first experience with depression severely was like. I lost my grandfather when I was 15. For context, I am 30, turning 31 this year. I remember that day like it was freaking yesterday. My mom got a call at like 5, 5.30 in the morning on August 17, 2007. And I woke up to the phone ringing. I'm a light sleeper. And I knew what it was. Like just something in me freaking knew what she was going to come into my room and say. My world flipped. My heart sunk. I felt like I couldn't breathe. Like you could, but it was like really heavy breathing and it like to go out of work to breathe, that type of breathe. I was struggling to breathe, I guess, what it is. I was in a really bad place for many months. Mentally, I was a wreck. I had no energy, no interest, no passion. And so any team that I was a part of, I withdrew from. I gave up all after school activities, all that stuff. 
and I just didn't take any care of myself. I just did not make any real effort in any way, shape, or form to take proper care of myself. Also, I leaned towards unhealthy coping mechanisms for a long time as opposed to, well, healthy ones. The one that had the longest hold on me, the strongest hold on me, was self-harming. That went on for many years. That is something that I didn't actually stop doing until eight years ago. Wow, actually, until just saying that out loud, I didn't realize how many years I self-harmed for. Wow. That is mind-blowing. If anyone thinks that they can't get out of the depression that they're feeling, if anyone thinks that they can't stop self-harming, you can. And if you want to hear an episode on my eight-year journey, I will link in the show notes. I don't want to get into all the gritty details of what some of my other unhealthy coping mechanisms were. I will do a whole episode on this because the death of my grandfather was one of the first truly traumatic experiences I had in my life. And so I will share how that shaped me, how it continues to shape me, all that stuff in another episode. But I do admit that I chose unhealthy coping mechanisms consciously for a long time because it was easier. Because I didn't want to do the dirty hard work of working through my feelings, of being open about my feelings. I personally think that once you've lost someone, that grieving process lasts the rest of your life at random times something will remind you of that person or you will pull out a photo or something a specific memory will pop up whatever it may be an argument you got into that you managed to work the room really glad because you ended up having a good relationship whatever that situation may be that the specific thing brings to your memory and suddenly you can feel like you're reliving it and you're grieving. It's kind of like trying to heal. It's a lifelong process. I will not say that I have gone through the full process of healing, of grieving, anything like that, regarding any family member or anyone close to me that I have lost because I just don't believe that you can go to therapy for a few months and then feel healed or after a few years pain just goes away or whatever like that maybe it happens to some people not to me healing grieving things like that it's a lifelong process your wellness journey for goodness sakes is a lifelong process because we're all just a work in progress with all that being said my friends to reel it back in i have a little bit of a squirrel brain sometimes i will say that talking about him in a positive way sharing his memories and all that sort of stuff with family and close friends who knew him well is something that really helped get me out of a dark place. The constant reminder from myself and others that he would want me to be happy, he would want me to go for my dreams, he would want me to do things that feel fulfilling he would want me to carry on and have a good life. It took a lot of reminding and some days it still is something I have to remind myself of to carry on. 
but it did eventually help me out of the dark place that I had been in for so long. I'd also like to mention quickly that while I was not ready for a long time to do the hard work of working through my feelings in the sense of reflecting, proper journaling, actually going to therapy, anything like that, I did who had lost grandparents also or different family members that were close to them. So in that sense, I had someone to talk to. And we didn't really do like super, super hard talks where we did like, how do you feel? And if you really feel worthless and like you shouldn't go on, would your family member who's gone really want you to feel that way? Like we didn't do anything like that, but we just related to each other's sadness. And that was comforting. And being able to kind of go through part of a grieving experience with somebody who is in a similar or the same situation. It was beneficial, hopefully for me and these other people that I was friends with at the time. Like I've said, I don't want this to be a sad episode really, so all the hard stuff, talking about the trauma that I faced regarding it, that is going to be its own episode. And of course, when it's released, I will let you, but I'd like to get back to the topic generally of depression. And what I want to do before ending this episode is share a few ways that when depression is really kicking your ass, you can help yourself or help others who you love and care about that are struggling. Number one to me is super simple. Ask how someone feels. And don't just say, oh, how are you? Say genuinely, how are you doing lately? Or how are you really? Like, give me the gritty details. I actually, for those who don't know, amongst my many titles, I am a part-time cashier at No Frills. You gotta have more than one revenue of income, especially in this day and age, or you're not going to be even paying the bills, especially in a city like Toronto, Ontario. So, I'm a essential worker part-time. I actually had an elderly lady who's a regular customer ask me last night if I am okay and genuinely if not will I be okay. She said she could see the exhaustion all over me. And here's the thing, a lot of us are diagnosed with anxiety and depression but there are a lot of people who are experiencing these things frequently who have never in their lives because let's face it this pandemic has been freaking hard and what's going on in the world ukraine and beyond is a lot to take so honestly whether it's someone you care about because you've known them for a long time or you're a regular customer somewhere or you have regular customers or whatever it is, don't be afraid to genuinely ask how people really are. Because I think we just need to be one more open about how we are, that way we can end stigmas around all sorts of things. But I think just to know that people genuinely give a shit that you're okay when the world is falling the fuck apart is important. I hope that makes sense. I'm a little squirrely brain. I'm sure you're all getting to know that if that's not something you already know 
about me. If you are able to, do simple things like make a meal you like, especially if it's an easy one that doesn't take forever to make. Run yourself a bath. Take a hot shower. Or force yourself to go outside and take a walk. These may seem impossible to do, but if you are seriously, seriously depressed, if depression is something that has taken a hold of you, being able to do something like that that many people seem to think is easy and just take for granted is a big one. And if you are not the one struggling but someone you love is, offer to cook for them, offer to run them a hot bath that they can sit in, suggest that they take a hot shower, get it ready for them, turn on the water and all that stuff, you know. An offer to go for a walk, if they're in that bad of a place and really, really don't want to, obviously don't force it, but if that's something they say yes to, then get outside with them. Be there for them and enjoy that walk with them. You don't have to force them to talk about hard things if they're not up for that, if just a quiet walk in fresh air is what they want. Just be there for them. Ask yourself what you truly need to feel better. What can I do right now? What can I actually force myself to do right now? Can I force myself to journal? Can I force myself to get up, turn on a good song and dance? Can I force myself to go drink some water? And do those things that are going to be good for you that you think you can force yourself when you are truly, seriously, deeply depressed, you really don't think that there's things you can do, even regular daily tasks, or that you just completely forget to do because you just don't care. You just completely forget what can be involved in taking care of yourself. It can really happen. You can really get to the bad of a place. If you know someone who's in that bad of a place, make sure to do things like bring them water if you can or check up on them text them through the day, make sure they're drinking their water. Ask them, do you think that as bad as things are right now, you can force yourself to get up, do skincare, brush your teeth, go sit outside and breathe fresh air for five minutes. And anything that they say yes to, encourage them to do it. Because as hard as it is to do it, once you start doing tiny things that are good for you, it'll make a difference. It will help. My final tip is to let it out when your body says to. If your body says that you need to journal your feelings, take a few minutes to do that. If your body says that you need to release some sort of thing going on inside you, some of, sort of emotion you're feeling by crying, and you can take a few minutes to cry even if you're at work and just ask to go to the washroom. I have done that before. Do it. Something as simple as crying or journaling your feelings can help so much. When in a specific moment, things are feeling intense and a certain emotion or feeling is truly taking over and feels debilitating. And of course, if you know someone who is really suffering, offer to be a shoulder to cry on. And if you think a journaling exercise will help them or they have said that they think it would, but they're not 
comfortable trying it on their own or they've just been scared to release some of those feelings, offer to do an exercise with them. That would be my suggestion because these are things that help me and these are things that people have done for me and ways that people have helped me that have been beneficial. And still is honestly because I am very lucky in that I have friends and family who are supportive and will ask these questions. They will ask what it is I actually need in specific times and if they can tell that I'm just letting myself wallow in my depression, I'm not trying to help myself at all, they will be like, girl, I love you and I know this is hard, but you've got to try because if you don't, what you're doing technically is giving up and you're going to lose far more than giving up by giving up rather than doing the work it's going to take to pull out of this. If you don't have anybody in your life like that and you'd like someone who you can come to for advice, for support, for accountability in any part of your life, especially when you're going through hard times or your depression, anxiety, any other sort of mental illness you may have is taking over, please message me. I will have my Instagram handle in the show notes so that you can message me, not just to connect with me if you love any of my episodes, but that you can connect with me on a deeper level and we can really talk if you're going through something, no matter what that something in your life may be. This is an if I can do it, you can do it too. Come along with me. Let's go on this journey and figure this out together type podcast. So never feel like you can't message me and actually be my friend. I want to truly connect with every single one of you who love this podcast, who relate to any of the things. With all that being said, I think I've taken up enough of your time today because I know we're all busy. If any of this episode resonates with you and if any of the ways to support yourself or someone you try and they do help, please let me know. I love hearing when you love episodes and when tips or tangible ways to help someone I share do actually work and do make a difference. I just want to share this reminder with you that no matter how hard the situation you're in is or how dark your depression is right now, as long as you are trying to not give up, as long as you are trying to put one foot in front of the other, and get through each day, you are winning. Remember, I am grateful to know you, I love you, and I appreciate you. I cannot wait to be back here with you next week. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope this episode was helpful for you. If it was, Tell someone about it who needs to hear this message or share it on social media and tag me at this is Katie, K-A-I-T-E-Y, so we can connect. Life is a wild journey, but we're on it together, and I'm so glad. You're never truly alone. I appreciate you, I love you, and I will talk to you soon.